This is the Three Skeevers Podcast. All right, episode 18 of the Three Skeevers Podcast with Grim from Grim's Forge Gaming and myself, Icy, with Icy Fire Gaming. How you doing, Grim? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I found out today that the Dragonstar Arena gear sets, you can just buy them from Guild Traders. So that's going to save me a lot of time in the future. So, you know, learn something new every day, I think. Yeah, that sounds cool. That'll keep us from having to go in there, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, I think I'm the only one who plans on running the Footman's gear set and Healer's habit, so it's whatever. But we have a special guest today, a legend from the ESO community before my time, Delta Gaming. How are you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course, of course. And uh, just to get things started, we're going to go jump into the Cyrodiil testing that's going to take place on February 15th. Uh, Graham, do you want me to read off the note that ESO, or I guess that Zoss uh, wrote for us? Yeah, just so everybody's on the same page. And I think that'll be our first topic before we like deep dive into uh, Deltia. Awesome. So... I'm just going to start halfway through the note here. On February 15th, we will be disabling item set bonuses outside of pure stat gains. This means any item set which has a proc or condition which is driven by an ability will have that ability disabled. This includes item sets like Seducer, as that set reduces magic cost abilities by 10%. That reduction of cost is done via an ability which has to check anytime you cast an ability if its cost should be reduced. Other sets, such as Hunting's Rage, is completely unaffected by this change as it simply grants stats without requirements. And the full let the full list of sets which are not affected by this test are as follows: Amberplasm, Trainee, Beekeepers, Crafty Alfique. Draugr Hulk, Endurance, Fortified Brass, Grace of the Ancients, Hunting's Rage, Impregnable, Law of Julianos, Leviathan, Mother Sorrow, Plague Doctor, Shacklebreaker, Spinners, Spriggans, Willpower, and Agility. And I think it's also, well, I guess that's it. What do you guys think about that? Uh, you're, you're asking my opinion, so let me get this straight. Time out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. So you're saying proc sets are not going to work in Cyrodiil? Yep. <laughs> oh, I might come back and play the game. I had no idea this was a thing. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Let me explain something. This is the first MMO I ever played where I could kill someone with a one-shot with a heavy attack. Viper, you know, and two different uh, three proc sets at the same time. It just got way too gear-dependent. I wonder what brought this change on. That's fascinating. It's the uh, poor performance, and what they did was they were they they tried a lot of other things, and then they came back to well, there's too many calculations currently happening, and so then they started looking, and they were like, well, it's got to be the proc sets, right? There's too many oh. checks having to go on. Okay, did that did so that impact y'all tested it in Cyrodiil? Did it really increase the frame rates and in the game's performance? So. The last tests that they did where they shortened the group size from uh, 24 to 12, out you could not heal outside your group anymore. All these different tests that they tried to affect performance did not show significant. So that's why how they got to this moment. Okay, well, it's got to be the proc sets then and all the checks. And so here in two days, this test in Cyrodiil will go on for three weeks. No proc sets, all base stat 
you know, equipment. And so it's going to be the days of old. <laughs> Dude, that's sick. That's why I love doing low B PVP because it, yeah, it still had some cheesy proc sets and people would gold out gear on level 40s, but you wouldn't have these monster helms carrying you. Not that I was the best player. I was by far not the best player, but, you know, it just really kind of limited the game where, yeah, you want stats and gear to matter. It wants to be something to do. But what I found myself doing, I'm going to rant, sorry, taking up your thoughts and time, but uh, I would spend 90% of my time in game to collect things for the 10% of things I wanted to do. Meaning I, a new patch would come out. I'd spend hours and hours and hours getting these gear sets, testing them and so on and so forth. But the content I was playing was not very fun. Three or four months later, guess what? I'm doing the same thing. And I found myself in this hamster wheel of, I'm playing a game and the vast majority of the time is not fun. So I can be relative based on a gear set. I know is not gonna be probably that effective in three or four months. So I would just do lobby PVP and craft hunting rage and all sorts of stuff and just have a, a ball all the time. I'm right there with you. My what I found because of that love for low BBGs, I that's how I announce I do a, a teaser video and I'm gonna have an upcoming build coming. And so like I took Hulk Smash into low BBGs and he's running Clever Alchemist New Moon and just smashing people, you know. And uh yeah, low BBGs are so much fun. So much fun. Wow, that's that's an incredible change. I, I'm really curious to see if it has a significant impact because you think about all the math and calculations. I know it's CPU heavy versus GPU heavy, but at some point you just you could have the best processor in the world, and it's just not going to be that impactful. So really curious to see uh, what that does. But I do like the visual effects, as cheesy as that sounds. You know, Cyrodiil is one of the most beautiful things to witness when it's cranked up and working real good. But man, no one likes the laggy Zergfest. So well, good for them for trying new things and see how it goes. Yeah. Do you remember a time where Cyrodiil run properly, like going out there and you just had these big crazy battles and there wasn't much lag? You know, back in the day, there was this guild called Havoc, and uh, it was an EP guild, super elite. I mean, these these guys and gals were like. They'd be smoking 50 people with, with 15, 20 people. And I know that still goes on, but those days I would I'd be a little zergling. I'd be one of them that they farm, you know, just AP farm me all day. But uh, I would follow them around. And I remember those days, I mean, it was real early in the game. It was functioning pretty well. It was right before Blood Spawn came out. As soon as Blood Spawn hit, every single one of them had blood spawn within like a day and they're just dunking on people with this blood spawn procking and doing alts left right and center uh it was actually really cool to witness but those days like maybe 2015 16 or something like that i could be wrong um it seemed to work pretty well but never optimally were you know all the effects are cranked up and it's just visually stimulating all times but you know, I think people just put up with it because the combat and the gameplay is so fun. So, yeah. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it, Icy? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'm not a huge – well, I can't say I'm not a huge proc set user. I do like my Shackle Breaker, but equally I am guilty of having gold gear at level 10. 25 and – No. Uh, and no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Gold gear at level 10. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> it, it makes it makes leveling through that whole process. You know, once you once you're leveling, you know, twenty something characters, you know, gold training gears. It, it how how fast was it, Grim? Because we we were both level thirty. I had training gear max. You know, golded out. You had your regular impen gear, and I got to, I think. I got to 50 while you only gained about four levels during that process. Yeah, it was yeah. that impactful. Mm-hmm. And we were we were two manned up in the sewers the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And you have to understand, too, the women call him Money Bucks Icy. So. And, and oh, you're, the, you're like guilt trader dude or something? or? No, 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 no. I just uh, – I, I do my, my, my sweat equity and stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, I just uh, – yeah, I put in the work to make the gold. Yeah, out there farming nodes like for sixteen hours a day and stuff. Yeah, it's his writs. It's his writs, and then the time he spends in the sewers. Okay, can can I say something real quick about writs and alchemy farming? Even uh, when I was at the height of Deltia's game, you know, which wasn't that high, I would still love to go do my damn writs and pick the flowers and and go get the ore and something, you know. And then when you refine it, you hit a tempering alloy, and it felt like you just hit the jackpot. And you know, this is electronic stimulus, but uh, there was something about just going and picking flowers. Oh, a columbine! Freaking out about it. I, I don't know if y'all still have experienced that or what. Well, oh, yeah, I, I know for me recently, because we've been PvPing for for the better part of the whole year and I, I haven't done a single like regular storyline quest because I've been in the sewers the whole time but going back to that the last couple of weeks I realized you know just running around time real it's actually kind of fun just killing trash mobs and picking up stuff I'm just like man this is great it's really uh, very comforting so yeah I I had I just saw on a Facebook uh, ESO Facebook group page somebody posted a picture of one of my BGs and it was like I was 26 and 0 with Hulk smash. Neither one of the other teams got a kill. Our team was the yeah. and I was, yeah, I was 26 and 0 and the next person was like 9 and 2 or 9 and 0 uh 7 and 0. And so it was the craziest thing. I just went around and smashed everybody and uh, <laughs> so Hulk smash, watch that video, it's funny. Anyway, somebody was like, "Man, that's like seal clubbing or something. This guy's got to be running around with uh gold gear." No. My jewelry is white, and my uh, armor is purple, and my weapons are purple. That's it, you know? So I'm not icy. I don't have that type of money. Man, that's crazy. That makes such a – but if you're going to do a lot of uh, characters, it would make sense to kind of tier stack it or, you know, have training at this level, training at that level. And um, that was actually one of my favorite things about ESO was leveling. I just love the character creation, building – you could feel like your character grow real quickly. It was very rewarding. And then when I got to Endgame, it was fun because, you know, you kind of gear them out and play around with them in Cyrodiil's and Dungeons and Dragonstar and so forth. But then I just never found that content loop where I just loved it over and over. It was more or less making those characters, learning that, learning from it, and, ex- and sharing that experience really brought me a lot of joy. I don't know if you guys get the same pleasure out of leveling like I did. Oh yes. Oh yeah. It's a lot of fun. I think I know I've since I met Grim a year ago now. I I, I he told me that he had leveled 60 characters at that time. No. And I said I said, "Wow, I'll never ever do that." And here I am now working on my 25th character. No, 25th? Mhm. You have yep. like two counts or No, no, no. So um you know, you guys your characters, they just don't work out, then they hit the scraps. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. 
Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I think Grim now, uh, since we've met, he's leveled at least another 20 something characters. So I think he's about on like almost 90 now. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, I do these thematic builds, right? Like Hulk Smash, Thor, Hybrid, things like that. And I wanted to make sure I have one class, both magic and stamina of everything, and and main those, and then everything else is like theme-based, something, something. And I'll get them to CP, release a build video, release proof of life, like the battlegrounds and them destroying people. And then I have no need for them. And so it's on to the next thing. So I just move all the gear, move everything off of them, delete them. And because the reason is, is I like the leveling process too. I like leveling in Imperial City where you have, you're in imminent danger and you're a lobby and everyone always views you as chop meat, like kill the lobby, you know, and then I always say not today. <laughs> so that's fun for me. Yeah, you dunk on them in the Imperial City at level 34. They're like questioning life at that point. Like, oh, whoops. Uh, but did you ever, y'all didn't play back in uh, veteran ranks, did you? I did. I've been, uh, I was a beta tester for the game. And we were just, yeah, we were just talking about this earlier that when veteran ranks and they, it wasn't account wide. And so I I grinded uh, my very first tune all the way to what V10 VR10 or 12, and then I turned around and jumped immediately on my second tune and did the same thing to them. And then they like, I had a whole bunch of. What's well, that? And they bumped the level cap, I think, real quick after that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, those were the days. So pre uh, one Tamriel. Yeah, pre one Tamriel, but I we found these little grinding spots and stuff and just had a blast. I mean, just we just sit and run laps and grind and talk. And actually I found that very social, which was you're just doing repetitive acts really, but it was kind of fun because you get to know someone. It's it's kind of like when you're, you know, in the army or doing some monotonous job and it's like, well, we got nothing else to do but talk and and actually it was quite social that way. So I I enjoyed it. Yeah. So one of the things is I wanted to tell everybody how this episode came about because you've kind of been off the radar for two years, you know, and I've been kind of working with other content creators. Uh, obviously, we get content creators on this show and I like talking to them and meeting them and helping them if I can outside of this, you know, anything that I've learned that might be able to help them or any contact I have networking wise. And talking to these different content creators, there was this uh, common theme. I was like, so one of the things we ask is, um, who's a content creator that you like? Or who do you, you know, who did you watch? You know, and everyone would bring you up. You know, everyone would bring you up as the, the, the guy. And so IC and I put a project together. Uh, we reached out to other content creators and they have a message for you. Deltia, what's going on, man? Uh, my name is Is There No One Else? I have been a content creator for The Elder Scrolls Online for about the last five years. Uh, when Grimsford messaged me and he said that he was going to have you uh, on his podcast, uh, a few things happened. Uh, number one, I was a little jealous, not going to lie. Uh, number two, he said that uh, he wanted to do something special for you and... and you know, have content creators reach out to you about uh, people that inspired them, and and you were one of those guys for me. Uh, you're the reason I have continued to make Elder Scrolls Online content. One of 
one of the guys that I used to watch back in the day. Um, you've had a tremendous impact on this community. We hope you and your family are doing well. I still have people to this day that bring up some of your old butcher builds and some of your old content. So that's how big of an impact you've had that and you stopped doing content a few years ago and, you know, <laughs> it's still being brought up. So, yeah, I hope all is well with you. Uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. Take care. What up, guys? It's your boy, Illinois Valley, a very small ESL YouTube content creator. But when I did decide to become a content creator, I decided to do something different, which was be a healer in PvP and Deltius Gaming. I've watched plenty of your videos, you and your PJs, giving us all those good goods on those builds. So without you, sir, I don't know if I would have done it. So thank you. Hey, this is Dr. Gangenstein. I just want to say I really enjoyed Deltia's Elder Scrolls player guides, and I thought it was really cool that he utilized his platform and popularity to promote a healthy lifestyle with his um, the Gamer to Gym Rat series. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool that he took us into like uh, like his daily routine and showed us how you know how he balances his MMO life with his real life. Anyway, uh, thanks for the videos, Delta. I'll catch you guys later. All right, and this one is from Fuzzy Juggernaut. I just wanted to say that you were the person to inspire me to become a content creator. I loved watching your videos, but one video stood out to me over the rest. It was a video explaining, don't let other people's judgment or words get you down. It pertained to you running an Argonian on a STAM class when that was unheard of back in the day. It meant a lot to me because I had a similar taste and people gave me a hard time for it until I showed them that it was possible, just like you had shown me. Hope all is well with you and the family. We miss you and you'll forever be a legend among the ESO community. Hi, Deltia. This is Joby from Upper Echelon Mediocrity YouTube channel. I just wanted to stop by and say that you were a great inspiration to me when I first started playing ESO. I was probably about 100 CP when I found your webpage and your YouTube channel and I copied one of your builds was a pet sork and uh, I actually ran with that build and used it for about 3,500 game hours. I only just recently changed it actually and uh, it's got me through vet dungeons and trials and just all kinds of stuff. It's amazing. Uh, I also use your Dragon Knight build even to this day. I was just on her yesterday in Cyrodiil. And uh, your healer, too, God Mode. But mostly, I just wanted to tell you that you were an amazing influence on me. And uh, I appreciate everything you've done for the community. Everybody I ever talked to about you has just always got nothing but positive things to say about you. What a fantastic person you are and how much you influence their gameplay. So Grim told me that you're doing really well, and that made me really happy. So just uh, keep having a great life, and we all appreciate everything you've done for us. Thanks a lot. All right. What'd you think? Man, I don't even know what to say. That That's quite moving, actually, that uh, still had that lasting impact. And people reach out to me and they say, oh, you know, I get messages. Someone talked about you or whatever in Cyrodiil. They message you or something like that. I'm like, what? Really? I was just an idiot in my basement with PJs on, like, like you said, making videos, <laughs> having a good time. But um, wow. That's, that is deeply moving. I really appreciate you sharing that. And it gives you a reflection of that you did have an impact on people positively. So that's very meaningful. Thanks. Yeah, it was uh, quite the time crunch for some people. I just 
reaching out to them with like three or four times three or four days of um prep time for them to get it to us so my hat goes off to the people that were able to you know put that together we had talked about it there were a couple other people as well that um sinful duck is another um uh content creator on youtube and um uh, he wanted to put something together, but uh, his wife just had surgery and he's taking care of her and uh, he's wearing a, a handful of hats. And then uh, Adam from Bra, we got this and uh, he's on vacation right now. And so it's hard for him to put something together while he's on vacation. But and then um, the last one would be Kev Dewitt. And Kev Dewitt said that you guys go way back and. He would have loved to put something together, um, just time crunch schedule problems. So, um, but uh, anyways, Kev Dewitt was really excited that you were going to be on the show. Wow, man. I'm just blown away. Hey, tell them. I'll, I'll go on their podcast. I'm just this nitty in my, my PJ still. I mean, <laughs> nothing special about me. Uh, I just love talking to people. So uh, that's not an issue. You know, I haven't been hiding necessarily. I just uh, transitioned differently, but kind of excited man i kind of want to fire up the damn stream and just start playing video games again or something man that was that was cool yeah that'd make a lot of people happy i'm sure so um so how have you been um life what's life been like for the past two years what what's a snapshot of that yeah i've been really good 2020 i know it was a really tough year in the world in, in terms of the pandemic but it was the best year of my life by far i mean just fantastic my wife we're still together obviously doing good my son about four and a half now my parents they got covid my mom and dad ended up surviving had a real tough time with it but we got a new house everything changed i got my life in order and and things just started moving in a really good direction permanently and i'm able to balance everything uh to a very good extent and i'm able just to keep it moving forward that's what I'm about. So kind of where I left off was, it was kind of like uh, I wanted to start this gym physically. And I had a spot, it was really in a, a bad spot with a very tough location. And I didn't really have the necessary income or business credibility or resources in terms of friends and finance to fund a gym. So what I did was I pursued a couple different avenues, personal training and then health coaching. I got board certified in that became a personal trainer, but I also went back to work for the federal government. I needed to make more uh, specific contacts. I needed to increase my income again. And then the ultimate goal is to open up a gym called Battle Buddy someday, but uh, I needed to kind of further that along. So the last couple of years has really just been that. I, I've been trying to maintain my fitness. I want to compete this year. I was going to do it last year. Um, but due to COVID, I couldn't. So I'm about 16 weeks out from our first amateur show. Uh, probably do men's physique. Looking at that. Um, but yeah, life life is really good. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for my life. And, you know, I, I have a gratitude journal. I practice that every day. It might sound cheesy or, and whatnot. But when you look back and I'm like, man, this is the opportunity I have. This is what I can do with my life. And this is who I'm serving. This is who I've become. I'm just very, very grateful for where I am and everything that I have. So uh, I, I, don't, I know 2020 was a tough year. It's been tough for all of us. And I don't want to minimize anyone's suffering because it has been tough. But we're human beings. We will get better. We will get through this. And um, 
you know, the world will change and we'll learn from it. So yeah, that's kind of where I've been in a snapshot. So if you were to rewind and go back to the moment when you thought to yourself, you know what, I'm going to make a YouTube channel. Can we go back to that moment and kind of, can you rewind and put yourself in your mental mind state, state of mind? What was the decision like for that? What were the conversations maybe that you had with your wife and everyone and uh, your goals uh, at that time? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, basically what had happened was I had left the VA um, for the first time, the federal government, which I was employed. Kind of did my own thing for a little bit, wasn't in a good space. And I got a job again, that was a job, wasn't very good. Um, but what I learned at the VA, I had some professional teaching opportunities where I would travel around the country and teach other people how to do this job, okay? What I realized was I have some talent in teaching. No, I'm not the best, but I had some talent and I loved it. What I loved doing was learning and teaching. And so that's kind of how Delta's Gaming's unfolded was, I was doing this job, it wasn't rewarding, it wasn't getting fulfilled. And I'm like, you know what, as a kind of a hobby, I launched this. And I started making content just for fun. As I learned things, I just made a video. I didn't plan anything. I didn't have this massive game plan and business model and everyone helping me and stuff. Just an idiot in my PJs, learning and growing. So that's where I started. Um, I started getting some attention from Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and I started be getting better and better, started making a name for myself. And then I bet my wife, I, I said, look, let me try this. I go, give me one year to go all in, all the way. If I do this in a year and I don't make more money than you by the end of the year, I'll go back. Because I can always go back to the federal government. I can always go back and get a job and do that sort of thing. Let me go. Let me just try. You know, she agreed. She's, she's wonderful. She knows that I'm kind of neurotic like that. I need some uh, big challenge, you know, some unconquerable challenge. And so I just set off to work. I didn't really mathematically plan anything or use them all like business degrees and experience. I just kind of winged it and went by the gut and went, listened to what, what was good with me, which was learning, teaching what I, what I knew. That I knew I could do. I couldn't do all the editing. I couldn't do all the graphics. I couldn't, I didn't hone my personality. I didn't game plan all this stuff. I learned that and you kind of grow into it, but that's where I was. And so I took a snapshot of the landscape and I said, okay, based on my talent, because I think people have to be realistic about uh, what, what their talent level is. And I can touch base on this uh, with an example from Cypher is what I saw what real talent looks like. But I look at my talent. Okay, I'm not the one percenter of the one percenter in gaming. I'm just not. And that's okay. That's who I am. But what I'm seeing as a landscape is that people are, are approaching the one percent and marketing to them. Well, that's not the reality. Yes, everyone likes watching videos of people dunking on everyone and stuff like that but you need to make it palatable, easy for people to understand where the regular person doing this as a hobby doesn't need to spend 60 hours a week to get to that level. And so I said, okay, how can I use my experience, what I know very well and translate it into a written and video format 
that the average person, because if I stick to that model, majority of time I strayed here and there, but if I stick to that model, the majority of the time I'm being true to myself. I'm not the one percenter. And then when I would try to stray and be the one percenter, guess what? I wasn't having fun. My content sucked. I was just doing things that were not enjoyable. And so I have to kind of go back to the drawing board. Nope, nope. Even if you want to be a one percenter, that's not you. And that's not who you're trying to help. So stick to the model, but do a landscape. What I would say is do a landscape on the market. What do you provide as a content creator that's different? And every human being has innate qualities. Every human being has innate talents. Mine was learning and teaching. I was enthusiastic about it to this day. That's what lights me up. So find out what that is for you and then be honest with your talent. If you're a serial rock star dunking on everybody, Maybe that's the con kind of content you want to create. If you're not, but you're really proficient, like icy fire there about leveling, you know all the ins and outs to maximize this or even farm that, maybe that's it. So kind of map that out. Don't quit your day job. That's number two if I had anything. Don't quit your day job right away. Not to say that it wouldn't lead to that, but I honestly think whether it's fitness, making a YouTube channel, starting a business, this and that. Within a year, you're gonna probably know if this is for you or not. You know, set aside 10, 20 hours a week, dedicate it to your craft. If you start getting attention, start earning income, you start seeing that, okay, if I went full bore on this, I could replace my income. I could still provide for my family and do this. Then you make that jumping point at a year or so like that. You know, people in fitness, you can tell someone's level of genetics real quick. If they put a year of eating the right things, doing the right things in a year, they will look drastically different. Not on drugs, not on anything. Just natural if you have the genetics. Everyone has talent. Everyone has good genetics. You gotta find what yours are, kind of come up with a game plan and grind your ass off and expect nothing back for one year. You do that. At the end of the one year, you got to have an honest sit down talk with yourself. Am I getting anywhere? Am I taking 20 hours from my family to produce nothing but, you know, just farting around my, my basement? That's the case. You know, do it as a hobby. That's fine. Have fun. Enjoy the videos. But I wouldn't quit your day job for it. If you get a year in, you're like, dude, I got sponsorships. People are supporting me. They're paying me. They're wanting to do this, that. Take a leap, you know, it's America. This is where you live and it's no better time to start a business than now. So I, uh, it's kind of a long-winded rant there, but I hope that answered your question. Was there a moment with all these le lessons that you're uh, passing on to people right now was where you, these lessons hit you and you felt like you leveled up, like this is the moment for you, like you felt different. There will, uh, when you say level up, you mean the moment I said I'm going for it or the moments like I felt um, I made it or something? Yeah, the moment you felt like you made it or you felt like, you know what, this is working out um, or the opposite. Was there a moment where you were like, uh, I don't know? I, I think I never, most of the time I was doing the content, I honestly was not in a good physical or mental space, to be completely honest with you. Um, and so I never thought like, 
I never thought I was a big deal, and I, I still don't. I'm not a big deal. I'm not like you know driving a Bentley out front and everyone knows me and so forth. Um, I think one of the coolest things was when the pizza ran, man recognized me. My wife said something, and there's actually people in random videos <laughs> to this day that still say something. And my wife will be, I'll be on a laptop, she'll listen. She's like, "How do they know you?" Um, so that's kind of interesting and funny. I think the coolest thing for me was when I got to go to TwitchCon for the first time. And I kind of thought I was big time rolling around at TwitchCon with Cypher and Mav and all of them. Um, and we went to San Francisco and Kendra was pregnant with Max at the time. That was pretty cool. When I was getting to go up to Zenimax and, and go to San Francisco, I'm like, okay. The problem with me was... I wasn't balancing everything. So even though I made it to some, you know, some level of success where essentially I could earn an income and sustain my family doing that, I didn't feel fulfilled inside. Uh, my relationships weren't good. My social life wasn't good. I wasn't managing my finance. Um, so yeah, I, I got to this place where I'm going to TwitchCon. That sounds great. This is this is what everyone wants. They strive for the pizza man recognize you, but I wasn't really inside I'm like I I could do better than this so that's kind of where it was I never really thought oh my god I made it except for going to TwitchCon and going to Zenimax but the problem that led to that was I got too big for my britches at that point especially when I visited Zenimax online studios and they were gracious enough to fly me out to test some content things didn't go the way that I wanted to I reacted very, very, very spoiled, like a spoiled child. Like I was bigger than the game. I was the number one content creator at the time, I think. Cypher or someone else may have been bigger, but I thought it was. I thought they owed. I thought, how dare you change this game? I, I'm important. And uh, no, I can have disagreements and I can voice those passionately, but I lost all their trust. I was out of the circle at that point, and I don't blame them. And I eventually apologized to them. But that's when I got too big for my britches. That you, you as a content creator are never bigger than the game that got you there. Do not bite the hand that feeds you. That does not mean you cannot disagree. But do not be a spoiled child where you, you don't own the intellectual property. I had that bad experience like that. Once I did that, it screwed a lot of things up. Now, it actually set me in a good path where I could transition to something else, get my life straight, and here I am doing well right now. But another long-winded answer to get to that point was the moment I did feel pretty badass and I'm doing real good, I took advantage of it and acted like a spoiled child that was entitled. And, uh, you know, I got a spanking. So be careful. It's, uh, it's always interesting how when... Well, like when you feel like, uh, you know, looking back when you're, when you see yourself going down that dark path and then, you know, you, know, you kind of, you know, fly too close to the sun and then your wings get burned and then you fall back down and then that's when you kind of um, level up in a way and realize, okay, like I'm not as big as I thought or, you know, something like that. But then you wind up becoming a much better person because of that experience that you had. So it's always pretty, pretty cool to hear. Yeah, it was definitely the story of Icarus, I think, is what you're referencing. But um, I, I got kicked in the kicked in the butt, man. But it was just because of my behavior. And I had to take personal responsibility, personal accountability. Couldn't blame anyone else but myself. 
looked hard in the mirror and said, you did this, you screwed it up. Now, okay, roger that, be a man, uh, go out and apologize. You're not gonna gain someone's trust back when you act like a spoiled child. But when you take personal responsibility, and you admit for being an idiot, well, now we can do something about it. But living in denial and being an idiot ain't gonna solve anything. So I was grateful for that experience in hindsight. If you were able to jump in the, the DeLorean and uh, <laughs> go back uh, to a day, maybe your first day walking down into the basement with your PJs on and you were getting ready to go live for the first time and you could go back to that moment and tell yourself three things and maybe they're not advice to grow the channel. Maybe they're, what, what are those three things that you would tell yourself if you go back to that day, you're standing there in your pajamas? That's fascinating. Um, the number one thing is don't sacrifice everything for the one thing. So if you work 60 hours, 80 hours, 90 hours a week, like Elon Musk talks about doing, it ain't worth it. I'm sorry, it ain't worth it. My number one responsibility to this day is being a good father, a good husband, a good citizen. Okay, that's, that's primary number one, not willing to sacrifice any of that. Does that mean I can't work hard? No, but you gotta balance life. It's important. Number two, set up business hours. So treat it like a job. This is not a hobby, okay? Monetize appropriately, try to make money. If you're in it to make money and be an entrepreneur, don't shy away from that. That doesn't mean throw ads down people's face and da da da, but if people wanna to donate to you, you want different revenue streams, you're in it to make money. Capitalism's fine. If people don't like that, they don't have to watch your channel. And then say, so balance, Treat it like a business, set up business hours, and you're not working outside of that time. And then you gotta continue to socialize outside of the gaming circles, okay? When you get isolated into this uh, content wheel and you know people telling you you're great all the time and this and that, that's just not reality. And even though I've had an impact on people as a content creator, I'm, I'm very thankful. I mean, this message was, was very moving to me. Um, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just a human being. I need to socialize with other people physically, if that's possible, who are not related in that sphere to kind of bring you down to a normal level. So continuing to socialize, being a part of your community, whether it's volunteering, um, you know, going picking up dog poop at the Myang Society where no one knows you, that's gonna humble you real quick. Believe me, I've done it, it's not fun. Um, those sorts of things will give you a good balanced perspective where you can continue to work on your craft, grow it, grow your income and grow your following, but not lose sight of the value of life. And that's balancing it all, defining what are, is most important to you and not being willing to negotiate that. So I would have kicked myself in the ass and said, don't be a spoiled brat if you don't get your way. <laughs> I, you know what? Um... As a side note, I'm I'm doing an air high five to your wife because to to go through the whole process you went through went through it it takes um, a special type of person right on the other end to work through that and I run into this a lot with professional athletes and if the significant other is not on board or not um, um supportive of what you're doing it makes the process very very difficult and so i'm high-fiving her in the air because 
uh, she gave you the opportunity to make the best go of it. So, yeah, that is that is vital. It's super important because we've been through a lot, I and mean, she knows I, I've done these roller coasters before. Excelling at something is not hard for me, and I'm not saying that from a place of arrogance. I will just dedicate enough time to do whatever I think is important at that time. But consistency is. And so I've done these roller coasters and I've, you know, gone back on dips and highs and lows and this type of lifestyle. So she's used to, okay, we've come to understanding that I need a challenge in my life that's very hard. Otherwise, I'm just not satisfied. So whatever that is, I'm just channeling that differently now to be more positive and uplifting and, and balance the entire family. Um, and it's been great. I mean, I could not, I would not have been here if it were not for her. And in fact, when I got done with Gamer to Gym Lab, Dream Rat, I've been seeing the same therapist now for about, oh, 10 years or so at the VA. Been very helpful, got me through a lot of stuff, working on a lot of stuff. And I still see him off and on here and there. Um, you know, he got, I got through the game or the gym around telling about the transition and this and that. He's like, well, that's great. You, you've done really good to, you know, get in shape and improve other people's lives and stuff. But what about your wife? And that hit me like a hammer. It really did that I had neglected her, um, and became selfish. And, and that's what kind of gave me back to that balancing act of the important things I need to do every day, because if it wasn't for her, None of this would be reality. Having someone that believes in you, that I'm talking truly believes in you, when you're failing over and over and over and over, and you're questioning yourself, why am I doing this? What am I not getting? What am you can just talk to? It is invaluable. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It can be a friend, a mom, and so on. But having that rock that you can count on to say, oh, dude, I just need some support right now. Couldn't have done it without her. Yeah, I run into that all the time with with athletes, and sometimes we have to have this uh, like coming to Jesus moment where I say, "Look, if they're not supporting what you're going to do, there was there's actually one specific athlete that was a perfect example of it. Uh, um, he was undefeated on his way to Bellator, could have been in the UFC, no problem, potential world champion, phenomenal athlete, super coachable." wife not on board whatsoever whatsoever she she didn't want any part of it and so that was really rough to see the it tear him apart you know so um if you could i know we've been you've been dropping um wisdom for content creators here but if you could give potential content creators one technical um, advice. One thing that, like, if you want to make a real impact outside of just being genuine, like, what's what's a skill set th that they should focus on that would really actually help them? It would move them two steps ahead. Huh. That's a really good question. Um, I think communication and this obvious, right? You're talking to an audience or you're writing down things, but how can you get as much information across in as little time? be very clear and what i would do is i would stream myself for three hours in my basement and i wouldn't turn it on i would just do it and i would monitor myself am i doing ums and ums and am i doing this and am i 
uh, 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 stuttering? Am I not thinking? How, how is the message coming across? That that's on the streaming side of things. And obviously, you're gonna do a thousand takes on YouTube, but you need to be hypercritical to increase your communication skill, your message delivery, your emotional tone. Everyone has this uh, innate character, if you will. So what I would try to practice on doing is turn my personality up when that camera went on or that video went on, I try to crank it to 10. Not where it was unnatural or sometimes weird, but if I was gonna be enthusiastic, I wanted you to know about it. So you have to practice your message delivery and the way you deliver that communication because ultimately we're watching this for entertainment, right? Um, and that's I, I still watch podcasts on sports and business and all sorts of other things. I want to be entertaining. Usually a, a good sign of that is can they deliver some information quickly to me that gives me an emotional buy in? We're like, I can't wait to see what's next. So really hone in on your message. If you're not going to be hypercritical of yourself, that's not a skill of yours. You need to find someone that will do it for you. Um, this is if you're trying to improve and, and do this for finance, financial reasons and, and grow a business and stuff like that, you can't be butthurt every time something doesn't go your way or you, you know, you get a criticism. Take it for what it's worth. Find someone that's hypercritical of you, not like some troll online, but someone who's really going to blast you and say, dude, you're saying ums and ums every three seconds. What are you doing? And then start working on it. Just start beating your craft. Treat it like a craft. How does Kobe Bryant and LeBron James get better at shooting a basketball? They shoot a basketball. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. They have a coach tell them, no, angle here, do this, do that. And they try it for hours and hours and hours. Relentlessly. Do the same thing. Your message, how you deliver the message, is a bazillion times more important than any fancy graphic overlay, stupid green screen. Stop worrying about the fancy video editors. If you can't deliver content and a message clearly, no one cares. I love it. Yeah, everything I use to, for my channel is all free software too. I mean, I use OBS and HitFilms Express and Audacity and they're all free software, so done you know not trying to re you know i'm not going to be the guy that has the uh amazing setup either so i, I did that I, I bought the super expensive software i'm i'm too stupid to use it so I, i'm just going back to something free that's junk anyway i'm not a professional video editor i'm just hanging out in my pjs clicking a couple you know clip buttons i mean and at the end of the day I, I was spending so much time trying to get this fancy editor and figure out the software when i just got better at making the videos, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can relate to that a lot too, because I think one of my first videos I did was a lock picking video, and I spent about three days re recording and just getting the stuff right. And I wound up cutting it a lot of the way, but it the, the finished product was perfect, essentially, in terms of my speaking ability. But then I wanted to do. I wanted to start doing some build videos, and I liked the way Grim was doing them. How he would just do one cut all the way through, 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour, and it was almost perfect, essentially. And so I would record just small build videos, like 10, 15 minutes. But 
I didn't like this or I missed something this or I said too much of this or too many of that and I would just cancel the video redo it again and then next thing I know I'm you know three days later I'm on the 10th recording of the one shot the one shot clip until I got to something that would be that I found acceptable but um, even just the communication part one of the reasons why I like doing the podcast is it helps me speak better and forces me to slow down so that I can actually sound coherent and logical when I try to get my points across. And when I look back at the first episode that we did, oh man, it was such a train wreck for me personally. And when we did the second episode, I said to Grim, I said, dude, we need to redo this episode. I There was a point within <laughs> it was just the first five minutes I was spinning on my own little rat wheel the whole time and I said how can anybody stand to listen to me this is just insane so we wound up redoing the the second episode completely and then since then I've I certainly think I've improved a lot but I still wind up saying some uhs and ums every once in a while but I think it's that I think they say there's four stages of learning the the unconscious incompetence conscious incompetence conscious competence and then unconscious competence so this podcast it forces me or i try to force myself to be consciously competent when i talk otherwise i if i just keep talking like normal then i'll be unconsciously incompetent i'm saying a whole bunch of things and i don't even know what i'm saying so it's uh it's yeah it's it's certainly a learning thing but i can totally relate to what you were saying earlier about the communication and improvement yeah i had a video i'm notorious for saying um and i had a video <laughs> I, I know this to be true but i i posted a video and i had everything laid out in front of me that i wanted to talk about it was basically might have been a video talking about how to fight outnumbered and different tactics to do that and by the time it was done, somebody, I got it up on YouTube. I was like, there it is. I got it out into the world. You know, that's the, everything I've learned since I've been PVPing and how to fight outnumbered and kill large groups of people. And I sent it out into the world. And uh, for the most part, everybody was like, man, this is awesome. One guy says, Jesus, do you edit this stuff? And then another content creator responds, I like the message. Um, but yeah, this definitely needs to be edited. <laughs> and so I wouldn't say I was butthurt about it, but it was one of those things. It was like, I was happy with the product being genuine and getting the message out into the world. And then somebody was like, Jesus, I couldn't get past the 10 minute mark, you know, and uh, do you edit these things? And so while I didn't necessarily like the message that they said or whatever, I do think of those messages and I try and be a little bit better than I was the day before because of that you know so that that's a really good point and if somebody could follow up on trolls and so forth and how to handle that is i found myself if i was getting offended personally i was getting offended there was probably some truth to it so if you tell a supermodel she's ugly well i know i'm not ugly that's not even real so why would i get offended so when I was taking it offensively, like it, it really struck a chord with me, I myself, okay, what's really going on here? So there must be some truth to that because you don't like admitting when you're wrong. Um, and so I use those, try to, and there was a theme. If there's one meatball that's saying something stupid, Roger that, move on. 
But if there's like five or 10 people and you're seeing some loyal subscribers repeat some comments, great. Thank you for doing that. And the way I look at it personally, what I do personally now, I almost never leave a negative comment on any content I create. I do not consume content I do not like. I just move on. So if people are taking the time to respond to you and leave you those comments, that's great. Those are great nuggets. And the ones like, I mean, I would get death threats or people that wish death on my son and just weird random stuff. And it's like, you can't let that stuff get to you because you just don't know where that person is and when in that space. It's not appropriate, not acceptable. You can block them, but you just never know. So take the comments for what they are. And I found out you can actually look at the trolls and how long they watch. Because I would release a video, get a negative real, real quick, a thumb. It, the first second it was released, someone had a notification, thumbs down. All right, you fucker. Oh, sorry. Edit that. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> who, who did that? So I'd go click on their name. You know, Google Analytics would pull up uh, how, how much they would watch. They would watch every last drop of the video. Ironically, the people that hated you the most watched everything. They're scouring the video if you make one error. So they're the best editors for you. They'll let you know <laughs> when your content sucks. They'll let you know when yours is an error. Because if I made one mistake on a proc set or this 5% was 4%, oh, Delphi is an idiot. I told you, look, at 1733, he said. So <laughs> there's some value in that. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, too, um, at the end of the day, the second they hit the thumbs down, it's still an interaction. They're actually helping you. <laughs> A thumbs down is still an interaction with the video. So their comment, while it might be a negative comment, is an interaction for the video. So they're actually helping drive the algorithm to get it out there. So I don't mind those type. Um, I don't look forward to the the crazy, you know, th threats to myself or the family. But uh, if they're going to drive interaction, even if it's, you know, he said 315 and it's actually 314, you know, hey, whatever. Icy told me something long ago, too, along this line. People were immediately hitting thumbs down on some of my videos or they were leaving comments. And he was like, man, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, uh, I wouldn't even give them the time of the day. I wouldn't leave any comment or whatever. And I said, you know what? It's really bothering me. You know why it's bothering, bothering me? Because I don't want them to spread misinformation. Like I'm the one that spent 3 million gold testing all these builds and taking them out and running them through the ringer and spending my time to find the best possible setup for this play style. I'm the one that did that. And for this guy to sit in his basement wherever and and say whatever, I was like, I'm a secondary account trolling you. Yeah, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this as an educational moment and uh, we're going to make this a verbal jujitsu. And so if he's going to leave a comment that says whatever, whatever, then I'm going to put him in his place and say, actually, no, and then state my piece. And now at some point, I don't, I probably won't be doing that at 10,000 subscribers or 20,000 subscribers. But when I'm only, 2000 subscribers it's no problem but um i like your message better and icy's message better at this point just let them be they it's not even worth the let them think whatever they want to think and 
for the rest of the people that actually care about the message that you're saying, here it is. So, um, yeah, and just about it, they're giving you time. The most valuable commodity we have, something we can never get back. They're giving you time. That every second is precious in your life. So if they're spending 15 minutes of their day trying to tra trash you. Okay, you know that's fine. You're giving me your time. Thanks. And um, I know Graham, you had said this months ago, but I think you were you were suggesting that on YouTube, whenever you hit the dislike button, you should be forced to leave a comment on why you dislike the video. And I think that would be a huge quality of life improvement just for YouTube itself, because now instead of just disliking it and then you have no idea why they're disliking it, at least there'd be a comment that would substantiate the dislike and then maybe help you improve and get better. Or even if it was just a, I disliked a video and then I just put, I don't like this guy. And then that's it. I think that'd be fine. <laughs> you know, you're getting some information out of it. You're learning. Yeah. They'll, th for me, they'll say too many ums. <laughs> I, I will say when you do say your uhs and ums, the difference between me and you, I say I used to say mine every three seconds, whereas yours are every thirty to forty seconds, so it's much more spaced out, which I think makes it more acceptable. Because you're very eloquent for the first thirty, forty seconds before you say it, and then you keep going on to your next sentence. But then at that point it doesn't even matter. You're forgiven for your your uhs and ums. But I, once it's I like once that it's, answer. But yeah, and when it's uncontrollable like me, where I'm saying it every three, four seconds, okay, I need to go see some therapy or something, or go hit up Toastmasters. <laughs> uh, so you've dropped so much knowledge for content creators and things like that. If you had a message for your subscribers, because I just went and looked, and you have like 113,000 subscribers. They're there. Um, waiting to get an update on Max or waiting to get an update on you. And what's a message that you want to give your subscribers right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I might come back to do some limited things. Again, it comes back down to balance. And I got to find a game I'm passionate about. Elder Scrolls was so interesting to me. I wasn't the first content creator. I wasn't even the best for the majority of the time. But I just found that spark of learning and sharing that knowledge. And so right now, it's hard to find a game where I can stick with consistently and find that. Uh, I played Battlefront 2 for a while, that was great. Divinity Original Sin, Mass Effect um, is coming out. The remaster, that's fun. We already know all the builds and so on. So that is a lot of fun. I do miss the interactions and streaming and, and so forth, so I might, I might fire up the stream um, again here just for a couple hours here and there just to say hi and make a little videos. But I got to find that that thing that resonates with me. And Gamer to Gym Rat was really that. And I kind of transitioned from that to other things when I realized, okay, treating my body like a build, getting the most out of my genetics and using what I learned from Elder Scrolls Online, the different core aspects of training, nutrition, sleep, meditation mindfulness so on that can move you just like a game you know i'm here i am spending all this time goalie my gear out farming things i'm not really enjoying doing what if i took that approach to fitness and what if i learned all those little tricks and nuances um, and were able to replicate that for other people and, and see what worked for them so 
yes, I need to get back into gaming somewhat. Um, and hopefully there will be a time and maybe, maybe soon, maybe I'll fire it up Monday. Why not? Why not? I hear that there's some interesting testing going on in Cyrodiil and you can always run around with Icy and I and get slaughtered by the, the masses. So, um, are you guys? we have one of all faction, at least we have all factions because we normally run Imperial city and we bring balance to the force. So if there's a, 30 or 40 EP Zerg running around, we're going to jump on AD or DC and go kill them, go fight them. If there's 30 or 40 DC, we're going to jump on. And um, we just don't want um crazy amount of numbers of people running around Zerging the sewers and taking over. So we're always about bringing balance. So, so your guys' thing is really the sewers, it sounds like? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, we'll go to the districts as well. We'll control the districts, but we like running through and um, just completely full clearing. And there's like um, player hunters that will, you know, kill lobies while they're out trying to get sky shards and stuff. And we just run through and take out anyone that's being a problem through our sewers. We'll go over to their side and hunt them. And uh, if we hear they're up in the districts, we go up into the districts and try and track them down. That's fascinating. Is it is it quite active at, at anymore i like to say it's feast or famine so on a given week out of the seven days it'll be just us pve and for the most part but then every once in a while you do bump into some players and some of them we just kind of the train runs them runs right through them but other times we get into a pretty scuffle and it's four or five minute you know knockout drag out fight and then Every once in a while, you find like a 12-man Zerg, and it's like, okay, you know, we haven't seen one of these in such a while, and it's it's a uh, a breath of fresh air when you do bump into those uh, bump into those Zergs, and then you wipe them. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you wipe the PV years that are all clustered up and don't have any MPEG gear on. You dunk on them, and yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I'm glad you said that too because. I think there's a game I used to play, Shattered Galaxy, back in 2004 or 5-ish. And the way they used to scale everyone's individual power was a PR system, your power rating. So in each map, there'd be a group of people fighting, but each person had their individual PR. So your the max level or the max amount of PR that you could have in a on a map is 150. So most people, once they hit max level, were... 10 PR. So you could have 15 guys there. But if you were doing your reincarnations every three months and, you know, say someone who has 1,500, 2,000 CP at this point, they would have maybe a PR level of 15. So now you have 10 guys with a power level of 15 each equaling 150, or you could have 15 guys with a power level of a 10 equaling 150. So you have less guys, you know, 10 guys versus 15, but the 10 guys are stronger on an individual aspect compared to the other guys and that's how i think of these these when you see these like 1vx or 2vx situations it's still a challenge because this we're only two guys and they may be a bunch of pveers but that combined group of pveers is probably the same power leveling as the both of us combined and, and it's still a challenge too because you still have to line a site you still have to do all the tricks of the trade and stuff because 
everyone, anyone will just die, you know, just face tanking a bunch of light attacks by 12, 15 people. So that can't be helped. So you still got to, uh, you know, use the skills that you've developed over X amount of time. So, yeah. And then you throw in the fact that if there is 10 to 20 of them and, uh, they're wearing proc sets, you know, and they're pressing one button, one button and just this crazy damage. And at one point, they could all be wearing the same proc set and it was all stacking, you know, it wasn't like you had a, a single individual debuff on you and that's okay. it. Yeah. So the, the proc set or that, that changes Mondays when it hits the PTS. Yeah. So in two days, it's, it's not going to the PTS. It's going live in Cyrodiil. I might fire up the old stream and get on or get a old big Jake, do some puncturing sweeps. Do it, do it up. Yes, we want to join you. <laughs> um, you know, another thing too about it is if it's feast or famine, the famine period is works out fine for me because being a content creator requires an immense amount of gold in game and resources and mats, you know. And so I don't mind. Um, getting key fragments, farming Telvar, and killing mobs, and just hanging out in voice in chat with these guys and telling jokes, and and then we come across a player killer, like a hunter, another guy that's skilled, and then we're gonna actually, uh, you know, I'm gonna fight that dude. Um, he's in the wrong neighborhood. He's over on our side trying to kill lobies or whatever. And so we do run into those people. We're more likely to run into the the high skilled. There's three levels to Imperial City. The first level is just the PvE aspect of it. Killing the banners, killing the bosses. And a lot of newer players die to just that. Then the, the second level is you could be down in the sewers, you're doing the PvP aspect of it, and then PvP is eminent. You know, PvE is what you're actively doing, and PvP can happen. And so that's um, that's nice. I like hanging out there sometimes. And then the other side of it is we're going to avoid PVE altogether, run past everything, and run right to player. They're collecting Telvar for us, and and we have to go to them to collect from them. And um, if the sewers are empty and we run from door to door, run all the way to AD base, killing everything and everyone along the way, run all the way to DC, kill everyone, everything along the way. And if we need to, we'll go bank, go up in the districts, kill everyone and every, you know, as we circle the districts and just kind of make our rounds. And um, it's a lot of fun and it fits my, I need to make gold to make these builds to continue to feed the the animal. So. Huh, yeah, that's a fat, you, you sound like you found a real good content loop that provides you stimulus even during downtime it's profitable so your time is not going to waste you're doing things you'd like and the, the thing is it can spontaneous you know spontaneously kick up into some epic fight you can you know hyperactively record um and i loved imperial city just kind of the first time i got emperor actually i kind of cheesed it and farmed it down in the sewers with like 20 people uh, we ended up getting Emperor for me and my, I think my Stam Sorks when I first got Amp, and that was incredible. And that is one of the best moments in gaming history for me. Getting Emperor, and of course, people were trolling me, not wanting me to get it, and I got it, but I kind of had cheese it the first time. When I got it, I was like, that was the height of achievement for me. Um, you know, you find out people cheese it and all sorts, and I wasn't above that. 
Um, I didn't cheat, but you know, Zerg farming the sewers with 20 people probably wasn't uh, the easiest or the most honest way to get it. But man, when you got it, and I got it on my Templar. And I just remember some of the days we had like about six people. Everyone was geared to the gills, ridiculously skilled, mathematically genius level. I mean, we had a guy who was a mechanical engineer that figured out everything. We had Gil. We had this all-star team. And when you get that feeling of being a tight-knit group, just dunking on people, and you're at 100% locked into your character, man, there is nothing like it. And Elder Scrolls provides that gameplay-wise. That, that's what kept me coming back to Cyrodiil, that experience, you know what I mean? Yeah, I 100% agree. <laughs> um, so you'd kind of talked about this, and I think we should probably dive into it. What are the plans? Uh, what are your plans for the future outside of uh, in a couple days jumping on Big Jake and killing people with Icy and I? <laughs> um, well, I kind of alluded to it, but I, I do want to start an online coaching business on and just kind of part time helping people. I've been doing it. Part-time, I got my board certification and I've been helping people here and there, mainly like family and friends. But I would love to try to make that a side business that could eventually do what Deltia's Gaming did, maybe take off into a, a full-time gig. And the reason why, it goes back to that learning and teaching and what's really inspired me to keep going personally and professionally is that. And I think a lot of people have a, a bunch of misinformation, what it really takes to get in shape. I produced a lot of that content for Gamer to Gemra, have since learned a lot, great deal. Um, and so I think it's very valuable to offer a service that can guide people, hold them accountable and say, hey, look, this is really what it takes. And it's a day-to-day -day process, week-by-week -week process. You're not gonna change everything overnight stop reading everything is keto good is it bad is intermittent fasting is it good is it bad is an egg is it good or bad does calories matter here's the plan let's stick to it let's see how you react the average person might need some of that information and might need someone to hold them accountable and that's where i think a coach can help you because just like i talked about content creator what if there were content creator coaches that did maybe I'm onto something here, but maybe someone that would guide you in that way and saying, Hey, you're doing too many ums and ums. You need to edit this. This is what's going on. This is what I see. They could guide someone forward. So I think I'm going to try it and, you know, get, I'm kind of starting a website and an LLC and I'll probably, you know, share some of those details on, on my uh, YouTube and website. I may start writing some stuff, but I miss writing primarily writing the guides and then making a video on it. I miss that so much. I miss sharing the things that I'm learning and trying and doing. I'm like, oh my, I can't wait to tell everybody about this. Um, so that is, I'm, I'm getting that itch to come back to that. And it's just probably going to be in a different avenue. So creating that content on a different channel website, along with offering the service that could help people one-on-one -on -one if they had a need for it. You're speaking to my heart right now because of my outside of ESO. Um, you know, I travel, I'm a consultant, I help uh, gym owners and uh, professional athletes. And so if I personally, this is my, this is, we're throwing this out there into the universe right now. It's going to be on YouTube. So it's got to be real, real, right? Yeah. 
it's scripture now. But I'm going to do whatever I can to help you make that happen. All my anyone in the industry that I can network you with or any tips and tricks that I've learned along the way, I want to make that because you hit the nail on the head accountability. And in today's day and age where we're sitting right now, it used to be pre-COVID, Sally would talk to Jenny and say, do you want to get a gym membership with me? And our job is to hold each other accountable. A, gyms are not functioning in the same way that they were before, you know, and Jenny and Lisa's life has been turned upside down. You know, their kids are actually at home now going to school virtually or partially virtually. And so everyone's life has been thrown for a loop. So if they could connect in the online space with a personal coach that is very well spoken and has a great message and energetic and holds them accountable through a platform that is easy to use, you're going to win. You're going to win. And so I'm all for that. Um, and I, I have a lot of tricks and tips that I think will help with that. Oh, so you have already, I mean, I, I've known you for a short time and, uh, usually I don't respond to much, but I'm like, huh, all right, what am I doing? I ain't doing nothing. Uh, so I, I just had a good feeling. So I responded and then, uh, yeah, you, you've been incredible in the very short time and kind of lit a fire under me to, uh, move forward. So you are putting your money where your mouth is and doing everything you're saying you're doing already. So thank you. Yeah. I want to see you, you, uh, succeed here. So it looks like we're going to have some type of uh Delta fitness or something to that effect. We will find out here. Won't we? Yeah, I want to call, I want to call always forward, uh, always forward, always forward coaching or just always forward. Um, the reason why I just did a memorial speech a couple of years ago, um, kind of reflecting on my life and surviving a couple of things in Iraq. And I realized that, you know, even looking back at the Zenimax experience and having that and the, the thing I was in mentally bad space here and there in the times of my life, what I realized was life is not about perfection. It's about progress, growing into becoming the best person you can be based off who you are, your genetics, your potential. So moving always forward, always trying to progress, trying to be the best father, husband, citizen, son, content creator, whatever aspect that is. That's what drives me every day. And so that's what I want to hone in on the message to other people, whatever that is. And if they want to do it and learn about my approach, we'll have something. We'll have something for them. Yeah. I like that you brought up one year. You were like, commit yourself to one year, you know, and um, that's a message that I, um, I use regularly. And it's just give me 1% every day. You're 1%. And by the end of the year, you'll be 365% better than where you are right now. 1%. Don't try and jump by 10%. Don't try and jump by 20%. Don't try and burn yourself out. Do just the 1% and finish the full year and watch what happens. And so I think that that's such a great message and it's so very true. Yeah, one year is a really, it's a good metric to see where you are, you know, whether you're a content creator or your fitness and you're trying to see what you can produce. Uh, and, you know, I help this one gal with fitness uh, off and on and she's a constant yo-yo dieter, right? So she'll gain a bunch of weight and then, to kind of overthink about what she's doing. And this, this con, this is 
contextual for fitness, but you can apply it to anything. You, you, you can't overthink stuff all the time. You can't just read some new article and change your entire approach to life. And I read this thing, this diet guru said, so I'm going to do this, or this content creator said, make this platform. There is no get rich quits quick scheme. I'm sorry. There's not. Do you hear about one or two people making tons of money off GameStop and one or two people making tons of money off of lotteries and all this and that? Yeah, but you never hear about the million people that tried and failed. You always, people come up to me, they don't know I'm on YouTube in my context anymore. They're like, man, I, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and become a millionaire and do all this and that. I'm like, okay, go for it. It's free. Start it. What's stopping you? And everyone thinks, well, oh, this idiot can do it. I can do it. There's nothing to it. Hey, try. What, what, you, you might be right. But for every millionaire on YouTube, every millionaire Twitch ninja streamer, there's a million people that didn't make it. And it's okay to try and not make it, but you got to be realistic about it. And that comes back to your talent, your effort, uh, and getting the most out of every day. Yeah. So... Where can we find you at right now? Are you you said it a couple times? You you might fire up uh, Delta Gaming and get some content going, uh, maybe as early as two days from now in Cyrodiil with Icy and I. But where where can we find you? <laughs> hey, be careful! I'm gonna fire up old Big Jake. <laughs> we got to bring Big Jake out, man. Um, so, I mean, I guess I, I will post some stuff on uh, my YouTube already exists, Delta Gaming, and my website, DeltaIsGaming.com. I mean, I do have an email that still works, which is info at deltiasgaming.com. So I still respond to that. Um, if people want to reach out to me and heard this, great. And if other content creators want me to have on their podcast, I don't mind. Uh, I, I love talking to people. This is a great opportunity to meet new folks, and you never know where it leads. So, yeah, just shoot me an email. And I got a Discord. It's kind of low-key right now, incognito. And uh, we'll keep it that way for now. But send me an email we'll chat get on discord and see where things go that's awesome so we'll have that in the descriptions below the link to your youtube channel and uh you know every time i try and entice you to bring big jake out uh to cyrodiil with us i keep thinking it's the avengers you know uh, avengers uniting because i know is there no one else has a an account on PC. Dr. Gankenstein has an account on PC. Let's bring all these content creators together and just have like a, a group of them running around during these tests, like the good old days. But um, that's wishful thinking. Um, but anyways, uh, what do you got for us, Icy? Um, I think I'm all good on my end. Any closing statements before we wrap it all up? I mean, I'll just say thanks again for everything. Um, I, I'm just open to talking. This is really fantastic just to meet y'all and, and talk to y'all. And uh, the message you put together and everyone that uh, contributed to that, that was that was incredibly moving and meaningful. So I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do that. Um, it really lets me know that I did make an impact on people. Um, and so that is moving. You left me with something very, very meaningful today. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And like I said, I literally was, everyone that I was talking to was saying, man, Delty was the man. I was like, I know Delty's the man. You know what? I'm just going to reach out to him. Like, I'm. who knows if he even gets it? I'm just going to send this out into the universe 
and see what happens. And here you are. So. Yeah, this episode has been a blast. Thanks for coming. All righty. And I think with that said, we'll catch everybody on the next one. See ya. Bye. See you guys. You're going to say bye-bye, Argonians. Bye-bye, Argonians.